0: Welcome to another exciting episode of SFP Now. Um, I'm not going to be using any more objectives today because uh, that's Ben's department. Um, we have a great show lined up for you. And joining me as, um, as um, always, as most time, is um, Benjamin Cassidy, uh, our uh, website poet, laureate, <sighs> And um, Raisa Devereaux, who um, is going to be moving to California yeah. country. Um North, North California in a few few weeks to uh get completely and utterly sozzled. <laughs> so but we got we got a pretty good show. We're gonna be talking about um some of the new shows, um which include Superman. Unfortunately, we'll not be talking about the Flash because um uh, you know he left his he left his Macintosh coat behind, so we can't talk about him right now. Um but you know, what should we start with? Should we start with Superman, given that started next week? Yeah. So Let's go ahead. I
2: mean, um, there's only been one episode, hasn't it? So it shouldn't take us a great deal of time to get through that, I don't think. But um, it's a good point. I mean, everyone has seen it, Ray. So you've seen it too, then,
0: yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll just start because I, I think that your takes on it will probably be more positive than mine. I am in a very strange place psychologically in that I am very much over allegory. I am, um, I between being an English major and, uh, and just consuming decades and decades of, of sci-fi and fantasy. That's allegory, allegory driven in, in, uh, various media. I am just, I'm, I'm maxed out on allegory and the Superman thing was just a little too topical for me. Um, it was, it was not, not what I wanted and certainly not what I wanted from Tyler Hawkland's version because the version of, of Superman that Tyler Hawkland promised that we got in, uh, in Crisis on Infinite Earths and and the Crisis series after that, it was going to be a bit more upbeat, a bit more uptempo. And I just, I don't need the level of realism that we've been given um, in in this premiere, mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like a bait and switch to me because I, I feel like I'm, we're tonally promised a different kind of Superman show, and than what, then what it looks like we're getting. And so I'm not um, the audience for what we've gotten,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but I hope that they I hope that they do find their audience, and it looks like they have because they've been renewed already for a second season just on the back of. Uh,
0: this pilot. So, congrats. Okay, well, um, to counter that a little bit um, is um, the fact that I think when Hulk Hockney or Hoshin or however it's pronounced um, was talking about it being more upbeat, I think he was probably comparing it more with the um, Henry Cavill Superman. True. Which is, which and is and like,
1: relative
0: to that, just about anything would be more upbeat. Well, exactly. Um, you know, and yeah. and I think that's where I think that's where where the the um, the, the thing the, the the line is drawn. Um, I also think that um, correct me if I'm right, Reese, but the um, the the Infinite Earth version is the same version as this version, only it's so sort of like um, Infinite Earth takes place about what fifteen sixteen years before before the twins are born.
1: No, what's happened is the twins are a crisis rewrite. They're they're. Jonathan existed pre-crisis, after crisis, both the twins existed and then they were aged up. And so they're all living in, in, a, in, a, in a post-crisis timeline in which the twins, one of them didn't exist and one of them was a baby. And so it's gotten really timey-wimey and weird.
0: Oh So basically they've done a one division, but without all of the uh, expositional stuff that goes with it.
1: Basically, basically. <clears throat> yeah.
0: <clears throat> Okay um well I'm going to open it up to Ben now. Uh,
1: I think
2: like <clears throat> um, it's, it's really interesting to hear um Race's point of view. Um this is the first CW or DC universe show that I've seen. You know I, I've come in completely fresh. So um I think you know based on some sort of some of the stuff that, that you've said um Race you, you've watched a lot of these shows you know and you know a lot about what's going on and stuff like that. So you know I, I can probably, I can fully understand why it it may well be a little bit of fatigue, you know, for you. Um, And also, you know, I I really enjoyed it personally. Perhaps that's because I've come in fresh, but to sort of try and be objective about it, um, I can appreciate that maybe other people who feel how you do, because the show's sort of, it's going to be very divisive in the, you know, there's no middle ground, is there? It's not messing about, it's either doing one thing or another. Mm. yeah
1: yeah and the audience for what they're doing really does exist um and they're going to have a very good show to look forward to um just purely subjective terms this isn't what i signed up for
0: yeah there's also um i think there's also the fact that uh we've seen disney plus and marvel do 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 it so 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 much better
1: there's that Um, um i mean and we'll get to that when we discuss one division. Because even without the premiere, I can tell you that just on the structural level, um, the DC shows most of them are amateur hour compared to what Marvel's given us over the last nine episodes, or just mm-hmm. about to be nine episodes. Um, but that's a, that's part of a, a separate conversation for later. But it's it's night and day. It's night and day, and that is definitely one of the factors. I won't lie. I think I probably would have reacted a little bit differently if I
0: hadn't seen WandaVision first. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, if it was a up between if it was toss up between Superman and WandaVision for me, I'd pick one division every time. Um but you know, here's the thing though, I'm not really a big Superman fan. So I'm not I'm not, you know, I've not I've not really got a huge amount of skin in the game. I love the original Christopher Reeve movies, the first two anyway. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed Lewis and Clark, um, but I've never been that invested in, in the character as a whole. He's not my favourite superhero. In fact, he's pretty low down on my list. Um, and I was saying this to Ben the other week, um, and the reason he's pretty low down on my list is basically because, you know, he's practically invulnerable to everything with the exception of various forms of kryptonite. Or doomsday, and you know. Yeah. Where, whereas um, you know, you've got have got a more interesting character in in Batman, in Flash Garden, um uh. in, in characters that are basically human beings in Doc Savage, um, which Superman stole quite a lot from Doc Savage. For example, the Fortress of Solitude was Nick from uh. Doc, Nick from Doc Savage books. Uh, the, the Man of Steel was kind of like a riff on Doc Savage, Man of Bronze, and, and stuff like that. Mm. So um, I've always found yes. the characters that, that are more human, um, that, have, that have just work themselves into peak fitness and and the peak of internet, uh, a bit more interesting.
1: Mm. I, I'm kind of the opposite. My, my favourite character in Watchmen is Dr. Manhattan. Precisely because Alan Moore had the Hutzpah to actually create a Deus like ex machina. I mean to actually go down the road. Um, that's not a small thing. And when and when you can write that well, it's an event. So I've always I've always appreciated um, I've always appreciated the um, the 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 writers who actually tried to to understand things from the, the more esoteric characters POVs Vision for instance is absolutely wonderful
0: mm-hmm. I think we should have done in here
1: yeah
2: I, think, I mean I've always enjoyed Superman you know ever since he was a kid um, I just sort of have it I guess from my perspective what makes him an interesting character is him trying to understand humanity you know yeah the character of Superman kal is only vulnerable to kryptonite And that's a bit boring But I think there are a lot of layers to him And I think, you know What's sort of not really ever Fully been explored in The way that you might want it to be Is especially not to sort of get I don't want to get too political But, you know, Superman's status as an alien It's, it's really interesting how Large parts of society And, and you know Political division is treats immigrants and refugees and stuff like that, yet they ward up Superman as a hero, you know, and, and he is, like, the ultimate sort of alien, really. Um And I, I, I don't know, I guess that part of his character, maybe Henry Cavill tried, maybe they focused more on that. I don't know, I, I liked the episode, and I think something else that sort of sprang to mind is, I thought, was it a bit cheesy? And I thought, yeah, it was a bit cheesy, but then I thought... Was Smallville a bit cheesy? Was Lois and Clark a bit cheesy? I thought, yeah. And I think what happens is, like, sometimes as you get older, you sort of expectations. You expect shows that to change with you, maybe, and they don't. You know, I've perhaps been guilty of that. Um,
1: yeah, part of the, part of the problem too is that I think I would have reacted a little bit differently if I hadn't been subjected to years and years of Supergirl. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, again, like, I'm sort of um, I'm not in a position to sort of like discuss it within the CW universe because, yeah. unfortunately, I've not seen any of it.
1: Yeah, Supergirl is very heavy handed. Um, they don't even do the allegory half as well as Superman did.
0: Yeah. Because uh,
1: um, Super, Superman did do the allegory they did with a little more nuance than Supergirl has done their allegory.
0: In the recent series of Supergirl, this is probably about two, three years back. Uh, they had a character um, who was kind of like a pro-fascist Nazi character and xenophobic to all aliens, and they had a president in place who was very, very much uh, a rip-off of Trump. Um, and they, you know, and the sad thing is they had a really, really great actor playing that president in, in Bruce Botzenegger, who, yeah. who, who I absolutely love dearly as an actor because he's, you know, he's been in so much. He was in Tron, and... Unfortunately, as Rhys as says, the uh, the younger the green Supergirls, um, in, 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 on a lot of occasions, has been next to non-existent. Yeah. And the amazing one just called it Walt
2: I think, like, for me, in stories generally, yes, stories are always going to reflect like what's going on. But well, the best stories do it in a subtle way, you know, and you still have escapism. You know, it, they don't need to scream it in your face and blare, we are this. Because I imagine, whereas there's a lot of important issues about sort of, um, you know, the Trump administration and the way that sort of people have been treated, which is disgracefully, um, I guess, like, your average 10 to 12-year-old doesn't still care about politics that much, you know? Yeah. And I guess they just want to see a show where they can connect with young characters in it and have a bit of escapism. Yeah.
1: And I I don't... I, I wouldn't mind the allegory if... There hadn't been a trend um, in just hitting 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 us over the head. I need more daylight between the allegory and the fiction. Mm-hmm. It's and the prob- central, isn't it? It's
2: got to be a good story with meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like meaning. It's yeah. almost like they decide the themes and then fit the writing around it. Fit the yeah. 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 You know, I mean I'm going off for example like Doctor Who, or I haven't seen CW, but there is a bit of a culture at the moment
1: for um sort of virtue signalling, you know yeah and it just I'm, I'm i'm just maxed out i'm just maxed out and and that's okay i'm just gonna just take a step back and not watch that and just find something else to do because um, it's, it's not worth bitching and moaning about shows that make me unhappy life is too short i mean the mc you know people don't always want that look at how successful
2: the mcu is and you know there is a massive argument, and they agree they could have done more to have representation, and they are starting to, you know, and they admit they could have done more. But the writing's been incredible. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you think about it, uh, the we've won we've division. We'll get to this a bit more later. But with one division, it's been it's been basing uh, the much of the early part of its story on on old television tropes from the nineteen fifties and and sixties and onwards. And, if you, yeah, and those, if you look at those decades, it's actually true to what was going on with those decades in television, as in it was more or less whitewashed. There weren't really any black faces in television in the 50s and 60s.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. So. so, yeah. It's very true to history. It's very true to life in that way, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look,
1: um, I don't know if you've seen... Um... Umbrella Academy, right? So, Too dark for me, but I, yeah, I've kept up with it generally for conversation.
2: Um, <clears throat> the second series that did representation amazingly well, and it was exactly what Ian was talking about. You know, and, I mean, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it or for any viewers, and you know, it's not going to ruin. say it involves time travel.
0: Ben, Ben, I think everyone that wants to see Umbrella Academy has probably seen it by now, mate. So don't worry about okay. spoilers. Well,
2: anyway, it involves time travel and. You know, the things that go on during the 60s and 70s as they move around, you know, people weren't treated very well, depending on the colour of the skin and other beliefs and stuff, you know. And um, it doesn't mess about with what it says about that. And I think showing the past for what it is, is a much more powerful way to say it's no longer acceptable than pretending that we're still living in a world now where it doesn't happen.
0: Mm. Yeah. Now, for example, there was an episode of Umbrella Academy where they covered a sitting. You know when the uh, when the blacks uh, sat in sat in the re- restaurants and um, ah, and and um, okay. and places like that, um, and you know did you know those, those kind of protests which were which were kind of uh, inspired by uh, Martin Luther King Jr. or is it Martin ah. Luther King? Um, they, they 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 actually did an episode a whole episode on on one of those because one of the characters um, I keep forgetting the name the uh, that. The, the Black Lady in Umbrenner Academy. Uh, Alison. Uh, Alison, yeah. Alison, you know, was, was, uh, get, gets involved in the civil rights movement because they've all gone back to the 1960s and they all arrived in the 1960s at very different points in time, you know, and, and like a couple of months apart. And it was quite quite good, good the way they did that. Um, but move, moving back on to Superman, because um, although I'm not really... A, Particularly um, a massive fan of Superman per se, I did enjoy the episode. Uh-huh. Um, and one of the aspects I enjoyed about it is I like the way they handled the uh, reveal of uh, of was it Justin, Justin, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Jordan yeah. and the superpowers. Uh, I like the way yeah. they handled that. Um, yeah. I like the way that they um, that that they, they got. I think they pretty much got the portrayal of social anxiety disorder pretty much bang on
2: I mean yeah yeah, I I thought it was pretty it was pretty obvious to me that it was going to be Jordan but I didn't mind that it didn't ruin it for me that I guessed it at all you know and that's maybe like I don't know sometimes I like shows where I don't think they're the greatest show ever and I just sort of like to watch it for escapism you know I did like Superman I was but I wasn't wild like I was with WandaVision you know I thought WandaVision was incredibly intelligent with the way that it was written you know and they thought about it and you know, Superman, it's, it's alright You know, it's, it's great, it's just a sort of Standard show and the writing's As good as it needs to be,
0: you know Okay, yeah. well, you know, it seems we're all Kind of wanting to move on to WandaVision let's, let's give, I, think, give I Super- think, yeah, I
2: mean uh, Based on that, su- we've only got Sort of one
1: episode
0: to Super- yeah. of Superman To do, haven't we? We've covered a lot of ground And um, WandaVision, we've got like Almost the whole season now, haven't we? Okay, well let's, yeah. give,
1: let's give Superman our marks out of five Risa? Um... Objectively, three
0: out
2: of five. Mhm, Ben. And I'm going to say, based on that one episode I saw, so, based on the fact that I don't know anything, I would say four out of five.
0: Mm. I'm going to split the difference and go three point five out of five.
2: Okay, so generally speaking, you know, we all whatever our differences are, it's not terrible. You know, we just sort yeah. of feel differently about it for our own reasons. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I liked it a little bit more than than than, than Reesa. Uh, but then again, I have to watch the Flash tonight, which is be- is becoming increasingly more painful.
1: <laughs> I'm actually thinking of dumping the Flash after we get through um, the what's left of the Mirror Arc. It's feeling old to me.
0: It it is to <laughs> me as well. Um, it's kind of like uh, I think the I think they've you know, done every single variation the Speed Force it can possibly do on television, and that they have the budget for and. And to be honest, the only way they could do better with it now is if is if is if it was actually a feature film.
1: Yeah, basically, I think what I may end up doing is dumping all of the shows except for Legends, and then crossovers and event episodes, um, because the individual shows, with the exception of Legends, are just I'm getting bored.
2: I mean, I'm not again. You know, it's important I sort of say I haven't seen these, but objectively speaking, it seems to me I can pick up a bit of a vibe. I think maybe the CW has had its moment, you know, and it's had a good run for ten years. And you know, perhaps with sort of all the Marvel shows coming up and stuff like that, it, it might be, you know, this they might have one last hurrah with Superman for two, three years, and then that might be it for them, you know.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, Which is fair
2: enough, you know. And things don't last forever, do they? And they've had a pretty good run of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they've had, they've got, they also got Star remember, and and a few others, Uh Batwoman yeah. Is is is? I think that's been renewed for a third season as well, and for yeah. the for the life of me, I can't see why because I'm not been wowed by the first first few episodes. I
1: haven't, I haven't been wowed by it either.
0: Um, but the um, I think I think one of the, one of the big big problems is Ben is the um, they're telling single stories over uh, a period of twenty six episodes or twenty three episodes. Um. I
2: mean. We talked about this last time, and that era of television is coming to an end. And yeah, I haven't seen the CW, but I don't have to have to see that. that there are so many things now available: Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney. There's literally so many seasons that nobody's got. Nobody's unless it's exceptional. Nobody wants to c- commit 26 episodes a season for some for seven seasons anymore. And it's mm-hmm. like you can see it changing. You know, One Division's 40 minutes, nine episodes. Yeah. Marvel Marvel of Disney they were ahead the of the game, they realize that people, you know, want 45, 30 minutes a week for nine weeks or whatever, you know, we haven't got there's too many other things for them to watch.
0: Mm. Yeah. But I th- think I think the problem is 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 this um is this is this um one series arc, one arc over a period of twenty-three oh. episodes. That's the problem. Because you're sort of like if you think about it. You you you're, you're basically haven't stretched storing lines out, which you're probably doing one episode, and you haven't stretched storing line that like you can do in one episode out over to, over the course of three episodes to 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 get to the twenty three episode count.
2: I mean, that's, like with Buffy and whatever else, I don't think people minded back in the day because you didn't have a lot else to watch, so you didn't compare it. Whereas now, you know, to sort of reiterate my point, there's so many things to watch that yeah. People haven't got the people aren't willing to do that, you know. Mm. And and only <clears throat> if something was mediocre back in the day, you put up with it because you didn't have a choice. Whereas now you don't have to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But but what I'm what I'm kind of on the same page with you here, Ben. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get 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 to is uh, if you look at the old Nois and Clark series, yeah. Yeah. Each episode was a standalone story. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there was a few connected ones, were not there? But, but generally speaking, it was problem with the week, were not it? Yeah, yeah,
0: generally speaking, it was problem with the week. The only things that were were harked over were the relationship stories between the characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but that wasn't, you know, that that wasn't the that odd, heavy-handed. Yeah, they had
2: like, the odd two-parter, didn't The They had, they had uh, the odd cliffhanger. But generally speaking, as you say, you know, it was all done and dusted within 40 minutes and everything was back to normal. Yep.
0: yeah. And and the good thing about that is you could you could watch an episode one week, really enjoy it, go away from it, and you could go away from the series for a couple of weeks, and come back, and you've not missed anything, because yeah, you know, it wasn't the, devastating yeah. if
2: you missed it. Whereas now, if you miss it, you always track, don't
0: you? Yeah, and every single every, the trouble is every single TV series now is like that, where where there's one story arc going through, and what I'm pointing out is that CW um, writers for, for these, these shows, they don't do a particularly good job of, of doing the story arcs all the way through. They they kind of run out of steam after a couple of years on each on each franchise that they do. And we're seeing it with Black Lightning now where they've just done four episodes of, the Black, Knight, of, of Black Lightning going, oh, I'm depressed. I've got PTSD. I can't deal with shit anymore. I'm going to join a fight club. I'm going to get into fights with my wife. I'm going to blow up my superpowers and, and collapse on the floor. And and does that it does that for four episodes and, and uh during that four episodes very little very, very little narrative has happened except uh Nga Nga's trying to take over the world with, with the uh one hundreds. Um <coughs> Tobias um, Wales I... plotting to take over the world and nothing's happened.
2: <laughs> again, like you know, to you know, people might might say, Oh, Disney's a big corporation, it's this and all that, like, yeah, right it's it's tremendous writing and based on what you're saying what you saw in The Mandalorian and what you're also seeing in WandaVision is they're realising that what you need is is a combination of the two so yeah there's a narrative thread going all the way through it but they have got elements of problem with the week as well if you think about The Mandalorian some weeks there wasn't much given away of what was going on in the bigger picture and it was just that and other times there was so it, it sort of it did a little bit of both
1: yeah, It's it, the Mandalorian and, and WandaVision. Um, a well, little less WandaVision, but Mandalorian is written the way shows used to be, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's a throwback, but it's a good throwback.
2: Um, I mean, when you watch Star Wars? You watch Star Wars to watch to get on a spaceship and go billions of light years across the whatever that's my view, anyway. You know, yeah. when I say like Star Trek and whatever else, is when I watch something science fiction, if it's Unless it's like, I don't know, The Matrix or something you might think about, fantasy. Yeah,
1: it's,
2: it's quite escapism and fun, you know. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and you and you can and you can have and you can have high end stuff that that makes you think too. Yeah, and, yeah. I just I just yeah. don't I just don't like it being hit over the head. Yeah, and a lot of these shows are just they're hitting us over the head
0: What a baseball bat.
1: Sort of that isn't it the way?
0: Yeah.
2: And mm. um, I think. Everybody's keen to go on
0: to Wonder Woman don't we? Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I gave I gave Supes three point five, Ben you gave it four. Reese gave it three. So just to recap, um, yeah. we, An we're all about four point two five r- in
2: it somewhere. Yeah, of about,
0: yeah. We're all kind of at different places on it. Um, so let's move on to Wonder Vision. Sorry, that's Wonder Woman, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, I, think we, I think we need to discuss multiple levels. Before we even get to the narrative, um, I'll just preface this by saying that I am visually impaired and on a fixed income. Because of that, I don't read as many of the comics as other fans do. So going into shows like this, I compensate for that by doing research on the general comic narratives that they're riffing off of so I at least know what ballpark I'm in. Um, as these narratives progress. And I have to say that just at the structural level, they have done an absolutely wonderful, fascinating job of piecing together not only the, um, the sitcom tropes, but also the bits and pieces of the various different comic arcs that they're, that they're compositing to make this work. Because they're not only doing the Wanda stuff, the Vision stuff, but they're also doing... Um, Monica Rambeau arc, because Monica Rambeau is a is a heroine, a, a Marvel heroine in her own right with her own storylines Yeah, she, and she's, it,
0: she's 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 uh, a known as spectrum in the Marvel spectrum. universe. Yeah.
1: And she's and she, and they've managed to composite her in there logically and organically, and 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 nobody's had the, the short shrift. So before we even get to the the narrative itself, just at the structural level, Wanda Vision is incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Just,
1: yeah, the, I completely agree. I mean, I think perhaps Rayson maybe thinks
2: about things in a similar way to me. Perhaps because we're both both English majors, but. Part of why the uni was looking at how stories are made and how they're written and how how the narrative is structured, like you're saying, put together. And um, one thing that struck me that I had a thought the other day was like, it, it's phenomenal the way that the story's being told ties in with a current mental state, which is a really smart piece of sort of like focalization, you know, from her, from the perspective. Yep. Yeah.
0: And also, I love the fact that John Barrowman's secret evil stepsister's in it. <laughs> because she's called Heartless isn't she
1: Oh yes oh yes. So, so She's, ca- she's oh, Captain yeah. Jack's no. evil <laughs> She's Captain
0: like Jack's evil apologies. stepsister <laughs> Yes And she's a mortal yes. too probably eh? Because she's lived for 100 years
2: I think what I loved about WandaVision is I didn't watch the first episode And was completely blown away and thought Wow that's amazing I was a bit like oh right wow What, what was that And I, lo- I loved the fact that it dared to be bold and I don't want to say different because being different is pointless if it's rubbish. Anyone can be different. Yeah. But I like the fact that you're in it for the long game and I just think it's seriously... And it was risky as well. And even at this level now, yeah, the MCU's established and everything like that. But it's still taking risks and history shows you that, you know, risks are some of the most... You know, a successful risk can make or break a whole franchise. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're still still willing to test new water and be groundbreaking, and it shows that they're not complacent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think making the very, very first two episodes in black and white was a really, really ballsy move. Because you would have a little five-year-old Timmy going, It's in black and white! You're gonna watch this video! Plus the, uh, the first one, the Dick Van
1: Dyke homage, the very first episode was actually filmed in front of a live audience.
0: That's that's even more ballsy. That. Yeah. Um. You need. You, you know. When you see that, and when, when when you think about that sort of thing, the the kind of of acting back in the fifties. You know, you had to be so much on your game in front of my audience, and you, you you had to know your lines and know your shit well enough to be able to add another line to to get yeah. through to the next bit. Whereas now, not so much. Yeah. You know, so and it's
2: like it's, it's a social commentary all of its own. Yes. You know, but, but it's but it's not by hitting you over the head. You know, I yeah. keep saying it's talking about. There's a lot in there about the history of sort of like American culture and all these sorts of things that have how we've got the story, how we've got to where we are now. But that's going on underneath it all, and you could write academic essays about it if you wanted and all that. But ultimately, you know, it's just a really well-written story, and yeah. you care. You
0: really do care for, you know, someone in the makeshift world and a robot, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think that Wanda, you know, the amount of trauma she's going through, she's created this idealised world for herself. And what, what I've liked about it is, um, as, as Ben was saying, is over the period of these episodes, we've slowly, slowly but surely seen her begin to fall apart within her, within her own world you know yeah. and and that that's actually been quite fascinating because um as someone who lives in their head a lot which i do um i, I have an idealized world in which i'm a, a multi-millionaire i don't have to struggle for money and i have a and i have a nice uh condominium um a little mansion <laughs> and stuff like that sort of thing and 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 I think if I was to actually have all that, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely go totally nuts. (laughs) But then I'd probably love it for a while. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: But it's kind of, you know, like the the last episode of WandaVision where they actually shown her watching Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. You
2: saw where it came from and you basically... You saw the roots of the subconscious and that was incredible. That was just, like, monumental because you those writers understand what a subconscious is and how it works.
0: Yeah. And, and the way she was guided through it by, 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 uh, by Agnes Hartness, which was uh, yeah. really well done. You know, there's, uh, there's this thing in psychology, um, and it's something that Freud came up with, it's called shadow work. And mm-hmm. it's basically where you, you know, usually with a therapist, you kind of explore the shadow aspects of yourself as in the more negative aspects of yourself and, and kind of have this conversation with yourself uh, where you try to reconcile uh, those aspects with, with, with who you are in the now. Um, And um, watching that episode was a little bit like watching WandaVision do her shadow work, Wanda do her shadow work via Agnes. Yeah. You know, Agnes was almost a psychologist in that, in that, in that episode. What mm, you say, Ben?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely.
0: And I just, um, I just really, really enjoyed the episode, and I can't wait for Fridays finale. Um...
1: Yeah, the one thing, the one thing that we do have to have going to st- to the narrative specifically, though, is Agatha Harkness is the is the villain, and she's been established as the villain, and she had the best theme song. It's an earwig. <clears throat> it's been covered already in like a bunch of different styles, and. Um, but the, but the one thing we don't have is, yes, she's obsessed with Wanda's power and it's, she's into it because it's a lot of power. But what is it that she needs from that power?
0: Mm. Yeah, what,
1: is it that, what is it that she wants? What is the thing? What is the MacGuffin? What is it that she can gain with Wanda's the, power? What,
2: you know, um, there's a brilliant bit in Thor Ragnarok where Kate Blanchett, Hela, turns around to Carl Urban's character, um, Scour- Scourge. Scourge. Yeah, and says to him in the film you know, in character obviously <clears throat> what is it you want? and it's exactly that question, you know when you're writing any sort of story if a character doesn't have a motivation they can't be in the story, they can't be there you know, and that's um, that was about the, the first thing that I thought as well was like, we don't know what Agnes wants yet mm. we don't yeah. know what she's after, you know and, and you had the you were given an inkling that she was wronged You know, 400 years ago in in Salem, and whatever. But, you know, so we think it could be tied to that. But we're yet to find out, you know. And again, why with Thanos, you know, Marvel's characters are not straightforward. Good guys are bad guys. You know?
1: The the other thing we have to worry about, though, is that they've said that these these Disney Plus series for Marvel lead into and out of various movies. Mm -hmm. And so when we see the finale this Friday, one of the things we're going to have to come to grips with is, did they mean to have the finale be completely closed? Or are we going to be in a situation where they planned to lead into a movie that got delayed to 2022?
0: I believe. Yeah, this. I, agreed, uh... I, I actually believe that the uh, that one division uh, has a few uh, tie-in sequences to, um, to 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 Doctor Strange. To
1: yeah, they they plan something. It's just a question of of how and whether it's going to be enough closed ended to actually have the series feel like a, a series, or whether we're actually going to have cliffhangers. Mm-hmm i hope it's not too egregious because that movie's gotten delayed until 2022. so i
2: mean i was fascinated with sort of um i was fascinated by the fact that i don't quite know why and perhaps hopefully one of you guys will be able to articulate it more than i will but better than i can even though it was magic it felt a very different kind of magic than dr strange magic and when you showed agatha as a witch I automatically believe that we could have Blade in this universe, whereas I never did before in Doctor Strange. I don't know why, I don't know how, but it feels a different type of magic altogether, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, there there are different kinds of magic in the MCU, so you're, you're not feeling out, out of whack. They're, it's just that the, the, the magics are, I don't quite understand it myself, but according to just the general research I've done, there are several different kinds of magic, and so it just depends on what sort of practitioner you are. And Wanda is simply the, the rarest breed of practitioner.
0: I think she's a natural.
1: There,
0: yeah. She's a natural she space ninja. You
2: well, know, yeah. little knowledge I have. She seems to be like equivalent of like an Omega level mutant, you know? Um, yeah. She's like Dark Phoenix, which brings me on to something I wanted to mention. Do, do we think possibly that when um, Monica Rambo when he said your blood has been changed, do we think that Wonders? one theory kicking about is that Wonders, absorbent things is
1: going to, that's how we're going to start seeing mutants come into the MCU, perhaps? They, there are certain theories about that because with the Disney acquisition of Fox, they can actually bring the X-Men into Marvel properly. Mm-hmm. And so one of the theories is that wanda will set up mutants in a way that will allow them to do that um we'll, ha- we'll have to see mm-hmm. so i mean it just depends on, on what the writers actually intend
0: i'm actually hoping that they wait a little while before they redo x-men because i'm, I'm a bit x-men fatigued to be honest because i've had x-men uh, pretty much constantly on in one form or another for the past uh 20 years yeah
1: um, I didn't even bother with the Phoenix movie because it was only one movie. I'm not even gonna bother with it until they actually do it
0: as a series. Well, that that yes. that's one story that just needs to be done as a series, to be honest, because it's yeah. not, it's too, you know, as as has been proven twice now, it's too much of it's too much of a big story to be able to 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 concisely fit into a movie format. Yeah, yeah. They,
1: they, needs to basically be a streaming service series i think like, do, we, we've it. got i mean we've got like these um the
2: eternals coming up you know we've got the fun i think they should establish the fantastic four before they start doing mutants like you're saying you know they've got blade they've got some big players that are coming out that have been that, that have been um confirmed in the next sort of phase in the next four to five years even you know yeah
1: got,
2: um all this so i don't i think we can yeah it could even be six seven years before we see the mutant that'd be all right you know yeah, yeah we've they got, need to be on break
0: we've also got shang chi coming up um as well yeah, we? that's
2: it. Got all these facets of it we don't we don't need overkill you know
0: yeah mm-hmm. Um and in... we
2: can start seeing them drip through slowly but then to lead towards a big film you know
0: Okay, yeah. well, it's obviously, um, Racer. It's going to be a few months before you and I and uh, and Ben can get together again. Um, so, should we make a pact to talk about the finale, One Division? Then, sure, yeah, yeah. you That's know, me, guys, yeah, let's, do it. let's because, do it. You know, because we could record, we could record pickups for it on Friday. But then again, it's so, like it'd, it'd be a bit of a hassle, to be honest. Um, so, we'll make a pact to talk about then, and and we can also. Um, you know, we can also discuss any tie-ins if we if we spot any tie-ins because obviously we've got yeah. I
1: think a, a lot of these shows are going to be tying into the multiverse concept because yeah. they're introducing the multiverse.
0: Because we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out and and stuff like that and um yeah and, Loki uh, and, Loki and what if and what if so um it's all it's all coming up so we're gonna have a lot to discuss over the coming months. Uh, but you know, on that note, um, final thoughts. One division uh, season one um, thus far. Um, marks out of uh, five. I'll give it a a four uh, four point
1: five out of five because we haven't seen the finale yet. I mean, based on what I've seen, I'm just going to go in and say five out of five. You know, I just mm. think
2: it's, I can't find anything that I don't like at all. You know, I'm um, yeah. just very quickly i don't know if it's a tiny an easter egg one of my favorite little easter eggs in it And what i I absolutely adore the mcu i'm doing on the sixth run through at the moment watching it again um what i really 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 loved is the little easter egg about woo doing his magic trick that he learned in iron man that he learned in that man
0: yes
2: up on that but those little things are what made the mcu and shoulders above almost anything else for me just those little things elevate it to detail like that is nice you know
0: yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. Um, I'm with you, Ben. I'm gonna say five out of five. Um, so you know, ba- basically, um, I've got really, really high expectations for the finale. So hopefully I'm not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I believe it's gonna be long. Gonna, gonna be the longest episode done so far, yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing. It's gonna, it's gonna be, gonna it's gonna be gonna,
1: right. Reportedly, it's gonna be 15 minutes or more, like 45, when you consider that the end credits are five.
0: So. Mm-hmm. okay well mo- moving on very quickly um i want to mention something uh this is something that's happened in the uk and i think it's happened in various other uh parts of europe uh but um disney plus got a lot bigger for us um in the uk uh last week on the 23rd of um on, of uh, february uh we got star and with Star came a whole bunch of other shows, um, and one one of these shows, one of these new shows, but for, for us here in the UK, is a show called Hellstrom, which is uh, based on a Marvel comic, I believe. And um, I've watched the first three hours of it, and um, I've absolutely loved it. It's you know it's kind of a horror thing. It's about a brother and sister who were raised by a serial killer. Um, the Sister was kidnapped by the serial killer father, and uh, the, the the young boy was left with his mother, and both, both his both both his, both their mothers and father are possessed by some sort of demon or other. And it's 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 just really um it's re, it's re, it's really intriguing. It's slow reveal sort of thing show, and uh, the, you know they're kind of going out on mission every week to do some exorcism or other, and the the, the whole objective is to try and find the the father. Um, and stop him from doing whatever whatever evil doings he he's got planned. And um, in, in the uh, last episode, um, they they came face to face with the father, and uh, you know he he, he was it's just really it's, it's really a good show, really enjoying it. It's um and uh, unfortunately more episodes of it have aired in the states, um, so I'm probably gonna leave talking about it until you know for for, for the podcast only. I think. I
2: think it is good to do different things because and that's why wonder visit did it and um even though i didn't think it was a great film there was a lot of problems with the production um i really liked the concept even though i like the concept more than the film of um, new mutants because that used horror tropes you know and it just wanted to do something a little bit differently and i always i always admire that you know i think that things do get tired and it's sort of good to use traditionally established tropes and put a spin on it. You know, essentially, like, I guess, you know, The Terminator was a horror film, and Aliens was a horror film, but like horror in space, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about Hellstrom is the a, is a brother has has the uh, ability to uh, pull demons out of people, sort of thing. Um, and there's a scene where he's going into an exorcism with, uh, with this nun in the very first episode, and um, and the people, you know, say to him as he's going in, you know, the parents of the child who's uh, supposedly possessed, uh, say to him, "Do you not need a Bible or a, or a crucifix or, or 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 anything?" And and he goes, "No." And he's very blunt with him, he says, "No." And he just goes straight up to the boy's room, um, and 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 the the nun kind of looks a bit a bit bemused by this as well because it's the first time working with with, with this guy. And and the fact of the matter is, you know, he he he's doing exorcism by virtue of the fact that he's just got the ability to to pull demon spirits out of people, and you know, and, and banish them from 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 their bodies. But the only people they can't do it to is his own mother, and, and, and his father, sort of thing. Because the demons within 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 those 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 people are so so solidly anchored in, for whatever reason. Um, at least that's that's the that's the that's the that's what I'm getting from it so far. Um, and the interesting thing about his sister is his sister seems to have the uh, ability to so like just uh, be very suggestive to people by by so like basing a mere touch, as in well, she can plant the seeds um, of of, um, of you know she can get someone to so like jump off a roof, for example, <laughs> if she if she wants them to. Sort of thing. So she's she's got the uh, she seems to have the ability to um, to overwrite what what people you know pe- people's willpower to, yeah. to some degree or other. So, but it's a really it's a really interesting show. It's um it's very dark. It's a it's very much a horror show. So um, it called, it's called Hellstrom. Oh Hellstrom. Okay, and it's um it's H-E-L-L-S-T-R-O-M I think is I thought it we was going to be? H A E. Hmm. Hailstrom, like you know. Nah, no, Hailstrom. But it's a it's a really interesting show, and is the the, 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 the the I think they've aired most of the episodes in the states because I think it's a Fox show. Whereas um on on um, Star here in the UK they've only they've only um, shown three episodes thus far, and they're dropping them every Friday.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So that that's a new show that I've been. been been watching and quite enjoying and I thought I'd mention it while I was on here Um, anything new you've been watching Risa?
1: I've actually been um, cutting down on shows um, largely and I've been uh, doing some big finish stuff Um, most recently I did a um, listen to a Torchwood episode called Drive. And it's notable for it being a Torchwood episode with a happy ending. Because a lot of the time, Torchwood episodes are either bittersweet or or, there's, or darker. And Drive is actually a, a one with a happy ending. And it's basically Toshiko um, getting a sort of a shared ride. Situation for, for the evening because she has to solve this problem and needs to, and needs a shared ride to do it, and the um, and it's, and she actually ends up helping helping the people along the way and they, they they survive the situation and the and the and the driver actually gets this huge tip and her life is improved and it's not it, was, it wasn't normal and, and Toshiko actually um, comments on the fact that you know the happy endings are rare so you better save them while you have them like <laughs> oh my god. Archwood actually did a happy.
0: Yeah, it's um, also kind of meta that as well. That she would actually say that. It's almost yeah. like she's consciously acknowledging the fact that we never really have happy endings in Dodgwood.
1: No, we don't.
0: Because
1: <laughs> she's she's a character who was killed off in the mm. in the in the show proper. So um, so it's like hallelujah. Um, that was refreshing. And then we had mom a big a big. Uh, a big um, uh, release was Masterful and Masterful was a, a multi-master storyline uh, that I won't spoil because it's, it's worth listening to um, it's basically all the masters get together including Eric Roberts who has been integrated finally into Big Finish and gotten scripts, actual scripts that aren't crap for the first time in 23 years
0: it's probably for the first uh, time in, in, in his budding life he's gotten scripts that are not <laughs> crap <laughs> Let's face it, um, he, he's, made a, he's made a lot of uh, iffy choices with, with film roles that he's taken. I'll he has, he's, he, he's,
1: one of, he's one of those actors who's consistently better than the scripts he's gotten. And he's he, he's uh, he's like Christopher Lee in that he, he's very good at what he does, but he ends up elevating his, the material just by showing up. But it doesn't, mm. doesn't, doesn't negate the fact that the material is objectively crap. Of it.
0: And he's also and, very, he's also very 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 much overshadowed by his by his sister Junior as well.
1: Yeah, and I would argue that objectively he's just he's just as good an actor as she is. Um, maybe maybe more so, given given what he he has to work against relative to the lack of quality, because she's gotten better better quality stuff than he has.
0: Me, um, the the first time I ever actually seen Eric Roberts who was in anything was in Best of the Best, which was a, a crack, you know a Thai boxing film where they all go to a Thai boxing tournament and James Earl Jones is like their coach. Oh wow! And, and and stuff like that. And That was the very first film I ever seen him in, and he was really really good in that. Um, although the film itself was quite cheesy, the soundtrack on it was awful. The uh the, the <laughs> dubbing on on it the the overdub was awful for the uh for the for the for the actual characters speaking um the, the sound quality was atrocious. Um, Is it it's like kickboxing,
2: like just another take on it? That kind
0: of. Thing. It's about it's about a, it's about a Thai boxing. It's about a kickboxing team, the US kickboxing team. And they, they're, you know, it's set in the 1980s um, and it was made in 1980s. And they're basically uh, going over to compete against, against the South Korean kickboxing team. And, um, you know, and they've got basically got these, um, you've got these sort of like four, four, four or five very different uh, martial arts fighters from the US versus these four very different martial arts fighters from 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 South Korea, and um, the film is basically about all the preparation for the tournament, the training camp, uh, and it's very much the personal stories of the um, of the, of the people that that are going to fight. Like uh, the main character played by Eric Roberts is uh is basically from from Detroit, and basically the steel industry in Detroit is sort of like uh he's lost his job basically um because he's a welder. And uh, is you know, his, his last chance at, at doing something solid and making his son proud of him and, and stuff like that. Because he's a single parent is, um, is is to to go to go go to South Korea as part of this kickboxing team. So it's a good film. It's a good story. It's just the um the the, the sound dub, um, is terrible.
2: It's quite a bad time for sound
0: dub in one of the eighties <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was, it was almost like they, didn't, they weren't able to do... Because um, they do something called looping after a film is made, where if the soundtrack for the acting isn't isn't very good for a particular bit, they bring the actor back in to actually re-record his dialogue so they can dub it over what, what what's already there. And it was almost like they just made the film, but they didn't bother, do any loop, didn't bother to do any of the looping, you know? Because you, you really have to turn the volume quite high, and even then, you still have to listen quite hard to, to what's being to what's being said. i mean,
2: you're watching all those Bruce Lee stuff. You should be used to bad dubbing. <laughs> <laughs> you're watching sort of martial arts kung fu
0: stuff. Mm, but, but moving back back towards uh, you know what what Reese was saying, uh, Eric Roberts, um, he really has proved himself as as a good master. A good actor played master in, in the Big Finish things because uh, in in the Dot Two movie he he, he was very, very much probably the worst part of that Dot Two movie. And
1: yeah, you you, you he, he he came off as detrimental relative to the film, but <clears throat> but because he's gotten better scripts through Big Finish, it's like oh no, this is actually okay, you know, and and I've I've really enjoyed him. I've mm. Really enjoyed him.
0: Um, but on an interesting side note to that, um I you know, obviously Big Finish are gonna continue doing what they're doing, but Titan Comics, um, in April are gonna be releasing a new mini series of Doctor Who which is basically to celebrate the Master. Because uh, basically, uh, I think this year, 1970, you know, nineteen seventy, it represents the fiftieth uh, anniversary of the Master. Ah, mm, okay. He cool. brought in Doctor Who because I think it was nineteen seventy one he was bought in. Yes, with, with the episode "Terror of the Artons. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. Maybe that, poem then. Maybe the best be with you, you know. That's why. They, that's why they did masterful. The one I just brought up is because they are celebrating the fiftieth anniversary and they're doing a bunch of stuff.
0: So. Yeah, you know, you better watch it. You and your poems. Uh, no, 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 no combining of the words master and Bates. Okay. Well, I oh, okay. had I had a teacher
2: at school, and his name was mr bates but then we always used to laugh and say well when he was younger when he got
0: a letter did it say you know master bates yeah yeah uh, <laughs> because that, that that's something that they used to do like in the 70s and 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 uh 60s and it's a very old-fashioned notion now i think but when, yeah, when, when you got a, or, um, someone that, <laughs> yeah when when you got a birthday card or a christmas card uh reese you probably remember it as well it was certainly in here in the uk uh, or in england um I used to get a birthday card off me um, off, off my Auntie Jean. She used to address it to Master Ian Cullen. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> you know no, I used to I mean I was
2: a kid as well, mate, you
0: know. So you know, so, <laughs> so, so so, you know, as as um, as Ben says, if our surname was Bates and um, they they you know they 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 neglected to use the first name, we'd have been in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know? So, Master Ang and Bates, for example. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Ben, have you been watching anything new? Any films no, you're looking forward
2: really No, I haven't, actually. Um, I mean, there's not a great deal of choices there at, at the moment to be watching. Um, I've just been watching Um I'm looking forward to watching the second episode of Superman tomorrow, see what goes on with that. But, mm. no, the only new thing that I've sort of recently have started, I've a, um a book by a, a local writer in Manchester called Dave Hartley, a friend of mine. And um, it's sort of like takes Gothic literature and um, he sort of uses tropes of like, say, for example, George Orwell's Animal Farm, the book's called Pig. And um, it's all about sort of vegetarianism and, and veganism. And I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan. Um, but from what I've read of the book so far, it's a very interesting book. Um it's a very interesting idea. And I think what I like about it is, unlike, say, for example, Superman, like we were talking to come full circle, you know, hitting you over the head, browbeating you with all these political themes. If if you don't want to read that book, it's pretty obvious what the book's about before you read it. If you don't want that, you don't want it. Whereas with, like, Superman or Doctor Who, you haven't got any other choice than to watch your characters in a story that is being filled with sort of virtue signaling. Um... So yeah, that's the only sort of like sci-fi fantasy that thing that I can think of recently um, that's sort of well worth um, checking out with a, a local press called Fly on the Wall Press. Um, another friend of mine who runs that. Well, that's about that's about it for me, mate. Really, I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting back to the cinema and watching Black Widow and James Bonds um, and all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a feeling Black Widow is going to end up on Disney Plus before it comes out in the cinema. To be honest and i know i, don't, I, I don't know we've had true. this i think i think they might do it simultaneously to be honest uh, but yeah I, if, if that's the case i'm i'm going to
1: just wait for it to go get out of the paywall cuz i'm not paying 30 for it and uh i mean i was going to say that it's really interesting because
2: now that disney plus has been set up it was always a big thing like once the film had been in the cinema 6 months later who got it on streaming you know are are the new films you
0: know, are they all going to go straight to Disney Plus? Or is it going to be a period of waiting or what? I think I think all the ones at Disney Plus, you know, all, all the all the headline Disney ones will probably go Disney Plus. Um, I think the thing the way to do. I think it depends on the film. I think if it's a big money maker like like uh, like that widow or something, um, they they they'll sort of like um they, they'll 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 edit drop on all the other services. You know, be, you know, as rentals before they put it on Disney Plus, and I think what what they'll probably do is they'll probably sort of like give it a period of maybe sort of like two, maybe two months to get Amazon get Amazon do their thing and the other rental companies and the other streaming companies, and then they'll drop it. And then they'll make drop it as a freebie on Disney Plus to, to people yeah, already subscribed because what well, the only reason. The only reason what happened with Mulan, what's happened with that new film that's coming out on the fifth, uh, I think it's called Raya and something to do with a dragon or something. Um, Raya and the Last Dragon, yeah. Yeah, that comes out on the fifth, and that's going to be behind a thirty-dollar paywall in the US, um, and it's going to be so. Sort of like, I think it's going to be something like nineteen ninety-nine here in the UK to, uh, to 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 get the film. And what what happens on Disney Plus is if you get that film paid at thirty or or nineteen dollars ninety nine, um, is you you can watch that film as many times as you want. So you kind of effectively um, have 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 the right to watch that film as many times as you want until it's no longer behind the paywall, and and then when it drops on Disney Plus as a free as, as a as, as a part of the subscription package, um, everyone can watch it as many times as they want. That but well, that's what that's basically what happens mm. on 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 on, um, on on Disney Plus and um, also with Raid and Astragon, they're actually showing that at the cinema as well Ben in the states mm. you know in cinemas that are actually open that is and I can't really see there being many no there
1: aren't many there aren't many that's why that they have to do the hybrid model the thing is with the paywall is that the thirty dollar price is fine for a family
0: mm. that
1: makes sense but for singles it's like that's gouging.
2: So for
0: somebody well, like me, it's not the you have to go to the cinema twenty quid, like 20 yeah, quid. yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm with Raissa here. It is gouging, I think, uh, for for a you know, for for that film. But then again, I think what makes makes up for it somewhat is the fact that you can watch it as many times as you want after the fact. But even that said, what if you don't like the film? <laughs> Yeah, and I
1: tend, I tend even, even films I like, I, I tend not to watch them and watch them and watch them and watch them, because um, I've, I've spoken to Ian about this before, I have DVDs, a collection of DVDs, which I'm probably going to have to weed and get rid of some, because I don't have a lot of space in my caravan coming up, but I don't have as much time to re-watch things I, I've already got, because there's so much new content mm. that that um that watching reruns you know is is not quite an option plus my my um my viewing habits are going to change somewhat because i've got toddler nephews one is five one, one is five and the older one is going to be seven this year and they're they're and i'm going to be watching you know some of the stuff that they watch with them as a sort of group activity so that's going to be going on mm-hmm. and um and so I'm not going to have the same amount of time to watch all of the same stuff that I would normally watch, and that's one of the reasons why I'm waiting shows. Partly I'm getting bored, and partly I'm just not going to have time because I'm going to have other calls on my time, you know, living on site with my family. So I've got to be, be, be doing, you know, some, some of their stuff too. So it's just a question of finding a balance, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. it's
2: really interesting. It's just made me think of something that... Um, you will still get, like, collectors and everything like that, but I guess whereas the where, I guess the price of them having the streaming service Disney Plus now is the DVD market for Marvel films is just going to completely go out of the window, isn't it? No one's going to, you know?
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, but yeah. They, they will still release collector's editions via collectors. Um the following... they'll
2: still release the DVDs, I, I guess. I just mean, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just something I've never really thought of until that, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, the thing is um, I, I had I had the same problem as Risa, is, um And I still do I mean, I've got a hell of a lot of DVDs Of films and TV series From, from days gone by And I hardly watch them Because there's not no time Yeah You know there's just no time for me to, you know, rewatch uh, Six Dogger Man. So maybe rewatch an episode of Six Million Dollar Man and review it as a retro review. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But there's no time for me to go through the the entire, you know, the entire seven seasons anymore. It's just no, not doable. I, mean, I, I, I was so sort
2: of, I had a bit of a bee in my body the other day. I just fancied watching Quantum Weep and thought I'd love to watch it all. But you know, like the first season's only nine episodes, but then it's like twenty-two. For four more series, and you just don't get the time. You know, with the MCU watch through, I can watch one a night for 20 days or two a day, you know, and it's fine, you can do films. But a series to rewatch, you've got to be seriously want to be committed to it. Mm.
0: And also, the, the thing is, uh, you know, we we got DVDs, or um, and I, back in the 90s and, and 2000s. You know, we connected these DVDs up because. At the time, there wasn't really very much in the way of genre television on, at all. You know, yeah. it's only really been probably over the last, sort of like say, fifteen, maybe twenty years. But we've had things come out like, uh, you know, like One Division, and uh, we we you know we had a big one with Lost, which was kind of like a bit of a freaking letdown down in the end. <laughs> uh-huh. So I've never rewatched really it although I could rewatch it if I wanted to on Disney Plus but I don't really feel that motivated to
2: (laughs) no I mean it was like um, I guess like what's interesting the turn of the millennium brought a lot of things out you know the sort of like there's an awful lot of hero fiction the turn of the millennium people started telling stories that were more fantasy based and I think it may be part of it you know, I've read a few different sort of articles and essays about this. people don't know what the future's gonna be like, you know, there's a massive milestone in the year two thousand. You have lost, you had heroes, you had all these things that were kicking about in the early two thousands, you know.
0: Mm. And yet the only things you had before that was maybe Star Trek Next Generation, Sequest DSV, uh, and Babylon Five. And those mm. are th- those are your three big sci-fi uh things. Um actually there's only really two. Um Star Trek and and B5 were really two big sci-fi things in the 90s and uh, Sequest DSV was kind of it was there and thereabouts but it it never really got as big as it as it potentially could have but it has a bit of a cult following I guess like despite
2: the fact that it was despite our views on it you know the, the Millennium Trilogy I always call it the Star Wars movies I guess like Phantom Menace coming out in 99 Almost made like he made side, he did a lot for sort of the genre, didn't he? He he, he reestablished it
0: as a serious sort of genre for cinema goals and what have you, you know. To be honest, uh, 1999 was a really strong year for theatrical releases because you had Star Wars The Phantom Menace come out of that summer. You also had The Matrix, the first Matrix movie. You had Armageddon. You you also had um, Armageddon, yeah, with uh, Bruce. that That was 1998, mate.
2: I, no, think. I
0: think it was ninety-nine. Right, maybe it was. Yeah. I think it was ninety-eight because I I uh, went to see Star Trek: Insurrection the same year, and Armageddon was available as a as a pay-per-view in the whole tenor states, in the states, um, and um, also Zorro came out in ninety-eight as well. The first of the Zorro, first of the two Zorro movies um, in ninety-nine. Um, other than the uh, Matrix and Star Wars, you also had the first of the Mummy Trinity movies. Gosh, it really was a big year then, wasn't it? You know, so 99 was a huge year for, for, for fantasy films and, you know, and and um, the following year, Deep Impact, 2000... Deep yeah. Impact,
2: which was sort of like a different... Armageddon, very similar. I think that was the same year as 98, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it probably was because it, it, quite often the studios do the same thing um, alongside each other. And um, also in 2000, you had the very first X-Men movie.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely like the more you think about all these things about disaster movies, about the Matrix going there's definitely something in that year in the years from like nineteen ninety seven onwards to two thousand, there's people started it's quite clear that people started going back towards that genre. You know, science mm. fiction seemed to naturally take an interest because people didn't people were so in you know, we we would be living in the year two thousand now, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think I think I think also is um, I think prior to that, science fiction was overlooked as a genre because many people just thought science fiction was just sort of like space battles and and stuff like that. They didn't really think of things like um, parallel universes or or other dimensions or song sort of like um, or, or things like lost. They didn't really, you know, none of that was really picked up on until sort of like probably the late nineties, early two thousands. As um as a potential for genre storytelling, um in terms of films and TV series. Definitely. So, you know, a lot's changed. I mean, there was a new show started uh, last night on NBC called uh, "Debris," which is a sci-fi film, sci-fi series. And I've not watched it yet, but I'm planning to look at it later on. I think see see what it was like if it's available online to see. Um. But yeah. Um, on that note, um we've got um I'm going to talk about. Uh, ben and I are planning to try and do an interview in the next few weeks with uh with with a couple of uh, writers um of um of, of a new sort of like graphic novel that came out um recently. So we're, 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 which has time travelling in it and being you to triangle and stuff like that. So we're, we're hoping to get that done in, in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to, you know, bring that to you as an episode. Uh, but the three of us um, probably won't be together on here again for a couple of months, yet, aren't Risa? So this is probably your last, um, last one for a little while. Yeah,
1: because I'm making the transition from Florida to California. So
0: we'll mm-hmm.
1: have to see what that all looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, so sort of like um, we, we're going to wish you good luck with that, and uh, you know, obviously, yeah, to having you back, Ray. Right? Stay safe, take care. You know, I hope it all goes
2: as well as it can. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. It, sh- it should be good. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. the The move, it, the move, the
1: move part sucks, but once I'm there, it'll be interesting.
0: So. Yeah, well, you'll be with family again as well, so that's that's yeah, gotta be yeah. that's gotta be a really big bonus for you, because I know that for the oh, my. my...
1: My mom and my aunt are here in
0: Florida. They just don't live with me. So will I'll be living on site with family, which will be different. So, but mm-hmm. well, so. you know that that's that's probably a big thing uh, for you, to be honest. Because um, yeah, I, and I know. Uh, I mean, you've you you've, you've had quite a, quite a tumultuous few years, as in you saw, like you moved from Arizona to to Florida. And then you wound up in the middle of several hurricanes and and, um, and all, all, all that goes with Florida. So it's been a bit of a wild few years for you. Yeah, yeah, no. And, um, yeah. and hopefully
1: uh, California will be a little more sedate, although in California you have to worry about wildfires. But, hey, name pick your poison.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, well, you know, wildfires, uh, we, well, hopefully you're not going to be in an area that's near to any of them. <laughs> Sure, not. not? But with all that, with all, but, that yeah. wine, with all that wine knocking about, um, i sort of be a bit careful, really, sir. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I think um, think it's time for us to go. So we will be back um, again. Hopefully, with the, the the this interview, we got we we're, we're going to try and get sorted out, uh, pretty soon. So thank you all for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. Bye for now.